or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Bullying isn't a new situation. Even if you haven't experienced it firsthand, you're highly likely to know someone who has. Cyberbullying, however, is a much more recent issue. Your parents and grandparents wouldn't have experienced it. Probably wasn't even a thing then. With social media and technology being a major part of our everyday lives, it's not a shock that bullying found its way onto internet sites and social media platforms. Now, not only do people have to experience rude remarks and physical fights in person, but also embarrassing and hateful photos, videos, comments, and words that are permanently recorded online. In this episode, I'll be discussing how the social issue cyberbullying is experienced in Australia and Japan, what kind of language is used to discuss the issue in each country, and what each country can learn from each other when addressing this issue. Some similarities between the countries are that the teenage ijimeko, or bully as we may call them, both use slang to make rude and nasty comments about others. Japanese teenagers will opt to use katakana, which is the alphabet for foreign words, to cyberbully, as the katakana words are short, direct, and harsh, yet simple when writing messages. As Australia only has one alphabet, which we could call it, teenagers really only use slang and shortened words such as you, o, and k to ask, are you okay? This story I'm about to tell is based off real events that occur and real language that is used in Japan by teenagers. The victim's name was Murasaki. Before going further, I would just like to warn listeners that the following story includes suicide and cyberbullying, so please skip onto the next section if you would not like to listen to this for any reason. Kumiko and Murasaki had gone through Yochien, which is kindy, and Shogakko, which is primary school together, and were now starting their second year of Chugakko, the equivalent of grade 8 here in Australia. During the holidays between when the new school year started in April and year 7 had finished, Murasaki received a lion message from Kumiko, telling her that she was kimoi, which means gross. Murasaki read the message and didn't think anything of it, as it didn't sound direct to her and simply ignored it. The following day, she received anta wakusai, which means you stink. This comment really hurt Murasaki, as it had been posted publicly so that others could see it. Every day after that, Murasaki got various texts each day that said she was kimoi, kusai, and moero, which means go burn, and shine, which means go die. She also received kirai, which means hate you. She was also sent images of herself that she had posted to friends, which had been modified to show her dead, with stink fumes surrounding her and a fake gravestone displaying her name. What made the situation worse for Murasaki was that her other so-called friends and classmates had joined in the name-calling and the depressing images. Ever since the second day that she received these images, Murasaki wouldn't leave the house, would lock herself in her room for several hours a day and would spend her time deleting the images, comments, and videos that were sent to her so that her family wouldn't see them. Murasaki was embarrassed and ashamed that she'd been targeted and cyberbullied and didn't go and talk to anyone about her situation. Sadly, Murasaki took her own life the day before school restarted for grade 8 
she couldn't handle seeing anyone at school and was too ashamed to tell her parents or any other adult. The morning after Murasaki's death, a notification came up on her phone, which her parents checked as they wanted to know answers on their daughter's death. The comment simply just said, Shine, go die, and it was from Kumiko. Murasaki's parents took this to the police, who uncovered all the week's worth of hate comments and questioned all the students who had cyberbullied her. Most of their answers were that she didn't ask us to stop, and it was all just a joke and a bit of fun. Murasaki's parents were devastated after seeing all the messages. Murasaki was only 12 when her life ended. No real punishment was made for Kumiko and the other cyberbullies. In my opinion, cyberbullying is seen as a problem, but most people, including me before doing this research, thought and think, oh, you know, cyberbullying is when you get bullied online and it's sad and unfortunate that it happens to people. Yeah, we might try to comp- comprehend it and feel bad, but we don't do much to, about it. We don't try and help random strangers or even our closest friends online or in person when facing a bully. We also need to consider that the bully is going through other stuff and maybe they need more help and assistance than the actual victim. Most of you are probably thinking right now, wait a second, why should we provide help to people who make other people's lives feel awful and unlivable? Well, if the bullies don't get help, they'll just move on to the next person and so on as they're still hurting and obviously have something else going on in their life that you don't know about. Teenage life can be very stressful with hormones, schoolwork, sports and activities, social life and family life. Social media doesn't help either as it puts more pressure on teens as it is so easy to post something regrettable. As languages change over time, the meaning of words change and are converted into slang for different purposes. For example, I researched the meaning and origin of shine, go die, and there were a few that said to die, to pass away, to lose spirit, to lose vigour, to look dead, to cease and to stop. Those definitions were from an online Japanese dictionary from this year. I then looked in a Japanese dictionary written copy from 1990, and it said that meant die from an illness, a wound, or hunger. As you can see, during the 31 years in between, the meaning slightly changed and differed, so now the meaning not only means to just die, but to lose spirit. Japan is very safe, however it can be quite unsafe in terms of societal structure and the way human relations exist. Society is strictly hierarchical, with constant pressure of expectation, hence the bullying, discrimination, suicides and other issues. It's also considered weak and shameful to be cyberbullied or bullied. Here you can see why Murasaki couldn't find the courage to ask for help. It's considered highly unsafe and abusive by Western standards. However, in Japan they try to ignore it as much as possible. In Australia, there's lots of resources that can be used to assist students both inside and outside of school. Things that both countries could learn from each other are that Australia could learn to say mashore 
which means let's in Japanese. So instead of saying stop cyberbullying or say no to cyberbullying, which is quite blunt and forceful, we can be more inclusive and say let's stop cyberbullying. So it sounds more like we all need to stick together and fight cyberbullying together instead of separately and independently. Teamwork makes the dream work. Japan could learn from Australia to have more resources open for students to use both inside and outside of school, such as guidance offices, youth support coordinators, and programs like Stymie, which is an anonymous platform where you can report bullying and cyberbullying to your school if the school set it up. Japan could also learn to encourage students to use these resources and tell them it's okay to get and receive help from others at times and that they're not alone. Both countries also need to cease to allow embarrassment and pride stop schools from dealing with bullying and cyberbullying, as in many cases, it's the schools at fault for these situations. Australia is predominantly an individual country, which makes asking for help seem shameful at times, and Japan is predominantly a collective country, which makes institutions such as schools feel ashamed at stopping the peace. Well, after looking at the evidence, maybe each country is predominantly classed as either collective or individual, but maybe they should be both, as they both show traits of each class. Some ways that both countries can deal with cyberbullying are don't retaliate and write a nasty, nasty post in response. It'll only make the situation worse. Don't make rude comments personally or doubt your views or beliefs. The rude comments have little to do with you. They are more about the issues of the person making them. Don't read the offending comments. These will only lead to obsession and further anger. Report the offending comments to a group moderator if possible. Understand that not everyone has your same beliefs or views. Be open to others' thoughts and opinions. Recognize that many people can be right. What seems like a rude comment at first glance might only be someone expressing a different opinion. Make a 30-second rule. After you've written something but you before you post it, step away from the computer or phone for 30 seconds. When you come back, look at the message you wrote and ask yourself, how would you feel if someone wrote this to you? If you are in Australia and are experiencing any type of bullying or cyberbullying or feel that you've been involved, please tell a parent, guardian or trusted adult and contact your school. It's better to talk it out than keep it in. If you're needing more assistance, please free call 1-800-55-1800 or visit the Kids Helpline at www.kidshelpline.com.au. Kids Helpline would like to assure young people and families across Australia that it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week for telephone and online counselling support. Children and young people can contact Kids Helpline about anything, including the big issues. When they're being cyberbullied, feeling unsafe or being abused or feel like hurting themselves and others. Kids Helpline website also has tips for young people and parents and carers about cyberbullying. My name's Nanami Usami and thank you for listening to this podcast.